listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 457. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our journey with season one of the Fox series Fringe. And, you know, we've been saying all along that season one is 20 episodes, and then somewhere I ran across something that indicated, no, there's 21 episodes. So then I went back and looked, no, you know, episode 20. I'm not going to say the title at this point because it's pretty much of a spoiler, but uh, I think there's just 20, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I didn't really look. I'm just like kind of click on the next one in, uh, you know, because yeah. I'm watching on HBO Max. So um, I just, you know, hit up next. Boop. Right. So, and uh, you know what? The other thing, uh, it, it's difficult finding good uh, promotional stills for a show that's, you know, what, 13 years old. Of a now. certain so age, been, I guess we could call it. Right. So I've been doing screen caps. No, no problem. And I don't know if you've ever run across it, but occasionally, you know, so I'm trying to take screen caps and they're turning out just black. And apparently what these streaming services can do somehow in their algorithm, whatever, they can prevent you from taking screen caps or video caps. And I'm like, okay, first of all, why do you care if I take a screenshot, just a still photograph? I mean, what do you think I'm going to do? Sell that and make a profit? (laughs) So I haven't been able to do that. Although there's a browser called Brave, which I'm sure a lot of people out there are using. I've used it fairly extensively on one of my laptops and apparently brave gets around it. So I have been able to, to do that. We'll see if that continues, but it was, you know, it was HBO max. It was, uh, Amazon. It was Netflix. I couldn't do it anywhere. Hmm. So anyway, but that's crazy, but apparently, yeah, yeah there's so, only 20 episodes. I just, I just looked it up. All right, cool. So all right, let's, um, we only got two more, man. Let's, Holy yeah. Cow. Oh, oh, dude. I, I don't know if you've looked at the title of episode 20. If I you've just got it up did, in front yeah. of you. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Right, let's just skip 19 and get right to 20. <laughs> um, unless 19 leads into 20. I, I'm sure I it does. Remember. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, if you guys want to touch base with us, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do that. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. All right. What I'm watching uh, now, I know a lot of people, maybe even you, are pretty excited about the fourth and final season of Stranger Things. I am not among them. I could not get through season three. We'll likely never go back. And on this, we will never know. agree, Dave. Yeah. So, volume one, they're, they're splitting the final season into two segments. Volume one drops on May 27th. Volume two on July first of twenty twenty two. So, uh, yeah, well, maybe you can report back in your what we're watching. Don't worry, you won't spoil anything for me. Uh, uh, I think the volume two takes place at their ten year high school reunion, right? Okay, (laughs) I'd guess. (laughs) Now, I followed Bert's advice and I started watching Severance on Apple TV Plus, and you know he gave a brief rundown, but basically, there's a surgical implant that separates work memories from personal memories it stars adam scott john Turturro is in it i was trying to figure out who is the woman in charge patricia arquette 
Oh, and yeah. then uh, I've only watched the one episode. Now, uh, Deachin Lockman is, is in it as well. We know her from you know a, a yeah. boatload of shows, Dollhouse, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I can't think of the other one that was on, I believe it was on Amazon. But anyway, so. Uh, oh, she was in. Yeah, I can't remember. There were like these where they kept replicating her. She was making. Yeah. Alter Carly. Sh- yes, exactly. Bam. Um, so anyway, uh, Bert, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. I just got caught up with stuff this week. So uh, I've seen the first episode. We'll definitely continue with the second. And I'm getting close to the end of the last kingdom. I, I, again, this stuff keeps getting in the way, but I'm at the part. And all I'm going to say head right is. Now, Dave. Just shaking what's my that? head. I'm just shaking my head right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you, you'll know where I am at this point. I'm like, WTF, Stiora, what the hell did you just do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I'm very close to the end, and, and yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but yes, doesn't look like it's going to happen tonight either, because uh, <laughs> my wife's downstairs waiting to continue the, our latest show. But anyway, what are you watching? Well, I also went to Apple TV to you know, potentially watch Severance, but I ended up getting hooked by Tehran instead. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I have not. Um, so it's uh, like a Mossad agent gets, um, she's like, they're, they're trying to do a mission in Iran. And so it kind of goes uh, pear-shaped on her. And so she's like, they're like trying to get her out, but she's still trying to accomplish her mission. And obviously as a Mossad agent in Tehran, she's got a big target on her back and everything. So, um, so it's, it's, it's a really like, well, okay, let me put, if you like shows like 24, then you will love Tehran. It's like that. It's just not, you know, kind of nonstop action, not a lot of time to really think about like, you know, like just like twenty four, just kind of like went boom, boom, boom. With not a lot of moments of reflection in there for Jack Bauer, right? Because he was too busy running from one, you know, uh, crisis to the next. But uh, it was a pretty good show. I liked it. I, you know, it's like eight episodes. I think I watched it in like maybe two, three nights. Uh, but it was uh, very, very enjoyable. And uh, you know, <clears throat> it's. I think uh, Falda, which I think was also on Apple TV, you know, is kind of like maybe comparable a little bit, but but Falda is definitely more reflective and, and definitely the you know the the good guy bad guy line quote unquote, you know air quotes around both of those is kind of blurred and it's you know not so you know Tehran is like you know oh the you know kind of you know but there is like this one government agent. Uh, an Iranian government agent. And he is really, you know, like a guy who would be the typical quote unquote bad guy. He's the guy chasing our heroine. But when you really think about it, like it's just a guy, he's not, he's not bad per se. I mean, like he does things as, you know, that, you know, he's very Jack Bauer at some points ask, but yeah, I'm watching this guy. I'm like, you know, I know he's kind of supposed to be the quote unquote bad guy, but really he's just a dude, you know, he's trying to, you know, save his country from a threat, a legitimate threat, a foreign agent 
in his country, you know? So, um, so there are some elements there of where it's not like a black and white issue, but it's really pretty good show. Very exciting as well. The other thing I want to talk about real quick, my, my son had to watch this last night for one of his classes in, in college, and it was uh, David Attenborough's A Life on Our Planet. And I would just like to put the word out for this one because I think this is like a really important documentary. You know, obviously David Attenborough is, you know, known for his nature documentaries, documentaries, and uh and this one is just he reflects on basically his whole career and the changes he's seen in the the wilderness and the wild and the planet uh you know over the last like 60 some years and it was really really good kind of like you know again something like, you know a, a wake up call especially for everyone who says that global warming's not a thing you know like watch this documentary it's it's a thing, and uh, and he, he actually kind of did this where they projected what the Earth is going to be like at the end of this century, and it was pretty dire. You know, they actually had visuals to go with it. It was pretty freaking dire. So, um, you know, this this is uh, it, I think it's an important film, and I think a lot. If anyone is uh, has Netflix and you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to to go. It, it is an enjoyable watch. It's interesting. It's uh, beautifully shot, as always. The, the visuals are amazing, and it's uh, you know ha- delivers a very important message. So sounds good. All right, well, let's get to Fringe episode eighteen, season one, titled Midnight. Written by J.H. Wyman, who turned out to be the co-showrunner for seasons two through four. And then he took over the showrunner job by himself for season five. And Andrew Kreisberg, who was the co-creator of Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, and Supergirl. So where have these guys been? I mean, obviously, J.H. Wyman will be around for you know the rest of the show's run. Uh, at this point but this was the first episode that either of them wrote for fringe directed by bobby roth aired april 28th 2009 so you know fred gives this episode an eight out of ten and an a minus and i'm not necessarily asking you for your letter grade at this point but just in general how'd you like this one i liked it a lot dave Uh okay that was really good um I, i again it uh kept the pace up you know, there a, a lot of you know uh, revelation of the overall kind of like you know again not not a, a, not a ton of things at once, but you know some more stuff. We are getting kind of a, more of a picture of of this larger issue of what's going on. I don't know if I'm going to give it an A or A minus or B plus. I'm kind of you know that's kind of I'm, I'm in the kind of the, you know the. Maybe the the B plus A minus kind of range with it, but uh, you know I haven't really decided yet. Okay, well we'll leave you in wait and see mode, and then when we get to the end of the hour, we'll we'll see how we're both feeling because it sounds like we're, we're in a similar headspace as far as uh, evaluating this one. Because like you, I I really like this one. I mean, just the opening scene where we see that this guy getting ready to go out and i don't know about you but there was just something kind of sleazy about him 
as yeah. he's getting ready. And and the fact that the last two items he picks up are two condoms, which, okay, I guess we should praise the guy for, you know, practicing safe sex. So I, I don't want to get on him too much. But with that news report in the background about the murders, and they mentioned something about a knife. And then, of course, he goes and he picks up his knife. So right away, we assume he's the killer. And of course, it doesn't turn out that way. And and from the start, we, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that, you know, Fringe is turning reality on its head. So not the usual reality we, we get to see in Fringe, but, you know, right away. So I like the tone that they, they set there. But one of the things that, that we see in this episode is olivia's home life and more of it and you and i've talked many times about shows that we would like them to you know humanize the main characters a little bit more show us their lives away from their job or or the central focus and and we understand that if the season's only six or eight episodes they don't have a whole lot of time to do that so fringe they've got 20 they can do it we see her home life is is getting in the way and and it's mostly got to do with Rachel's divorce but what did you think about her asking Broyles if he was satisfied with his divorce yeah. attorney yeah that seemed like a awkward uh, you know turn of conversation there you know but she just doesn't know you know like she has she, like you can like she wants to help her sister she has no idea how to, and she's you know obviously noticed something about Brawl. So, taking a big leap, you know, I, I've heard you talking to your kids. You don't really mention your wife. You know, going from there to asking about his divorce attorney is kind of a it's a it's a leap of faith there, I guess. But um, it is a leap, and, and say this what about uh, what you will about Olivia Dunham, she's got balls, and and I'm not sure yes. that that I would ask my boss. <laughs> <laughs> that question no uh, but maybe, maybe go I, online to start or something uh, yeah. yeah well you're an fbi agent you know right. get, get on your computer although i guess not supposed to do that but i mean like his broils like the only divorce person you know like really right. you know like right so. but i love his reaction it's like the cocked eyebrow he gets his phone out uh, the details are in your inbox and mm-hmm. Uh, oh, everything works out for your sister. See, I'm not the only one that pays attention. <laughs> and, you know, so it was a great scene. It, you know, that awkwardness that, that y- you you know she's going through, that it's almost like more, I don't want to say frightening, because I don't think she's frightened of broils. But but again, it's you're taking a risk when you ask your boss something like this. Yeah, it's such a personal thing. And she's obviously not asking for herself, you know. Am I the only one that thought that Rachel was already divorced? Yeah, I thought so as well. So, Um, like, or or at least that her reaction to getting the papers would not be so dramatic. It'd be something she was expecting, right? Right, right. Now, um, you know, we we see her at home with Rachel and that other couple, and what is it, two singles together or something like that? Together, yeah. Right. And it's obviously supposed to sound really dopey. Right. Right. But certainly, you know, we've been talking about shipping uh, Peter and Olivia for a while now. And and of course, there's that that third 
part of the triangle that he clearly likes Rachel, at, you know, at least to a certain extent, and, and she clearly likes him. I mean, you know, he's a nice guy. You got three three nice people. Um, so while Rachel maybe isn't ready to start dating, because like like you said, I assume she was already divorced. So now is it has she run away from her husband? Uh, clearly he found her because the process server right you know gave her the divorce papers but i just thought it was a a, a kind of a, a humorous touch that uh, the, these two women you know olivia especially you know that that somebody's trying to fix her up with um you know a, a good man or you know i guess a woman uh, if uh, that would be the case although you know she we already saw that uh, right. she at least dated her partner at one point. And then you got to love it. The uncomfortableness, well, she's saved by a murder <laughs> and gets, yeah. to, gets to leave. And I think they ask her, well, what do you do? I don't think she answers. I, th- I think she's no, almost I think like, like the phone rings. Then, right? Right. Doesn't, I think so. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, we, we have – seen a lot of like relationship stuff and interpersonal stuff in this show and i think they've really done a good job of handling it and while still maintaining this kind of ethos as basically an action sci-fi show um but of course we have to care about these characters and if we don't then it's not going to be much of a show um so these two people who live like separate lives but then have a child together and um, you know, for Liv, just she just like doesn't understand. You know, like for her, it's like that doesn't make any sense at all. I think she says something like, "Isn't it doesn't it defeat the purpose of being together?" You know, if they go on separate vacations, uh, you know the 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 worst was the uh, I shouldn't say worst, but I mean they're not. I know divorced parents have to do this all the time when you have like two birthday parties for your kid. You know, and that's because you're divorced. You're not together anymore. This couple is quote unquote together, but yet they're still having a separate birthday party and they're actually, you know, getting upset, not upset with Rachel, but just like, hey, you didn't respond to, you know, the one invitation. She's like, I thought I did. Oh, no, that's for that party. This is for the other party. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, And then we get that scene where Olivia and charlie and the swat team are on their way to the chinese restaurant because that's you know they got the tip that that's where uh, boone's wife is going to be and her phone rings greg wants full custody of ella she's an unfit mother she's distraught and and you know olivia's trying to calm her down and then says um look i'm gonna have to talk to you later i've got to go to a meeting and hangs up and charlie's like yeah let's get to that meeting mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just i don't know it was just kind of classic that that you know what's about to happen and and you know it could you know really be bad it turned out to be okay um and, and then last when when she's riding with peter and he's like not gonna take no for an answer i know something's wrong with you and she finally spills it that it's about rachel and the divorce and talking about you know just recognizing that the love boone has for his wife is just you know really i guess almost like something was difficult for her to comprehend and and she tells him i thought you were a card-carrying cynic and you know he says well yeah but rachel deserves better 
And there was kind of a look on her face where, okay, I'm glad you think that about my sister, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Something. So anyway, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I thought it was nice that they addressed that aspect because perhaps the more important aspect has to do with ZFT. And while this is an episode that, that certainly pushes the narrative forward, it's kind of like a tease, you know, I mean, they throw ZFT out there, but right. what are they, what do they really tell us? Okay. Well, I mean, the William Bell is the head of it. Oh, right. Right. That's that he's funding big. it, but that's it. Now, I, I guess then that makes me wonder whether the Cortexafan trials back in Jacksonville in the nineties, was that the Genesis for ZFT or was ZFT already a thing? So, yeah, again, we don't get any answers about that. But, but again, a lot of this episode, it's like, well, it's like what we don't know. Like, we don't know what ZFT's agenda is at this point. Because, like, Boone tells Olivia, the point was just to show off with, with all of these different incidents. Okay, show off for who? Well, other scientists. Right. And then... I'm not saying this is a cringeworthy line because it's not, but it's like, you really don't know who you're dealing with. Okay. Yeah, we do, (laughs) but not really, you know? Yeah. So, um, I don't know, but you know, the thing that struck me and I guess this is really a thing when we learn that any reputable scientist can get samples of these viral strains to do research. Yeah. That's pretty frightening if that's true. <laughs> right. And it won't surprise me if it is. So, you know, I mean, this guy's running his lab, and I'm making air quotes, in the basement of his, you know, ranch house in, you know, suburbia. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's a thing. I yeah I obviously have no idea if it's a thing or not. If it is a thing, as you said, that's that's pretty freaking scary for sure. Um, But you know, I would just hope and assume that they things like that are are pretty uh, strict, strict, strictly regulated. I I would imagine. But um, yeah, but I mean, I guess I would have liked some more specifics about ZFT. You know, Boone says they want to create a human nightmare well okay yeah you know what you succeeded because every one of these incidents is pretty nightmarish so um but but then he he has that line about their carrier it's a carrier for other attributes so it's almost like they're trying to create a specific kind of monster for lack of a a better term at, at this point but I guess that's my problem with this episode. We, it's just they just give us a taste, and it, and it's barely a taste when they really could have given us more. I mean, the the videotape at the end, you know, uh, Nicholas wanted you to watch this, and he tells about William Bell, and that's it. That's all we get to hear. Now, granted, we know there's a lot more on the tape. But yeah. well, we that's a pretty big it. reveal, too. You know, no, well, it is a big reveal. I, I, yeah, no question. You know, the, the funny thing when Walter hands her the tape, I thought it was the tape of her 
in the Jacksonville Cortexafan trial. Oh. And he was saying, Nicholas insisted I give you this. And I thought, okay, is that his way to kind of distance himself? Or is that a, a byproduct of their discussion about you know, the consequences of their work and whether or not they can you know, gain redemption for all of the horrific things they've done? So, of course, it doesn't turn out to be that tape. Yeah. But well, th- there was just an earlier scene when, like, Walter leaves and Boone looks at the the camcorder that's sitting on the counter, and like, there's a, it's like, you know, like they really make a point of showing him looking at it. So, like, oh, guess he's going to do something with the camcorder later. So when he handed him the tape, I didn't even think that it could be the Cortexa fan one with o- Olivia. I just because I just remember that scene where he was looking at the camera. Yeah, of course that was like one of those that was a digital camera and they he gave him a VHS tape, but mm, hey, whatever. I, I don't no. think the, I don't think it was. Oh, okay. Of course it could have been one of those where you put the little digital yeah. or the the little tape in the yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> all this some, some, <laughs> technology that just is uh, no longer in use. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool the way Dr. Boone and Walter bonded scientifically although as peter says uh, one mad scientist is my limit yeah yeah it's an honor to have your intellect in my lab you know brilliant as he is you, you and, and of course he says trust me i know exactly who you are he, he doesn't say you know his name doesn't call him Walter or Dr. Bishop, I don't think, uh, all through the episode. But but still, he, he knows who it is he's working with. Yeah, you're with. right. He doesn't. I didn't think about that. But yeah. Right. Right. So clearly, Walter has this reputation. Now, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, you know, sometimes when Walter mentions the fact that he shared a lab with William Bell, sometimes I, I look at it as if he's bragging about it, that um you know well, this and, time and, for sure yeah absolutely yeah and b- because first thing oh yeah massive dynamic richest man in the world oh yeah i used to share a lab with him um uh-huh. okay but it's not the first time walters said that no it just seemed to strike me more here so i i don't know why walter is so known in the scientific community, it's got to be more than simply his lab assistant died in a fire. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, at, especially in ZFT circles, right? I mean, well, true. Uh, that he shared a lab with William Bell, who we just found out is the guy bankrolling ZFT. And we saw that his typewriter was used to type the manifesto. Well, that's true. Good. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and, at the end, he mentions Walter, you know, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, Boone, to rectify some of my misdeeds. And we certainly know that's something that's on Walter's mind as well. So the fact that the two of them get a chance to meet, hopefully it will spur Walter further down the road towards trying to redeem himself just you know in his own mind and yeah i mean he certainly seems to be on that path and and he's certainly getting better although what does he call astrid in this one 
Oh my gosh. He, he ends up calling her asterisk, not in this episode. Oh my God. There was something like completely bonkers. But he, get, he, he has her. Agent Farnsworth down fine. It's just yeah. the first thing. He can't, but I, can't, yeah. I, I didn't catch oh. it. Yeah, I forgot to write it down. But, uh, but anyway, the, uh, you know, the main storyline centers around this, this attractive young woman who is the monster and through no fault of her own that because Boone wanted to stop working for ZFT, they dosed his wife. And of course that's their way of, of keeping him in the ZFT family. And we see that she has to kill to get spinal fluid and which, okay. I mean, it was kind of a cool storyline. I mean, it was, it doesn't take us long to figure out that this is a killer who is killing through no fault of her own. And, and, you know, when they take her into custody at the end, you can't help but wonder how this is going to transpire once right, it hits right. the legal system. And yeah. while her husband is dead, I think, you know, Walter Bishop, Olivia Dunham, Peter Bishop, even Philip Broyles, their testimony, I would think, would go a long way to you know, absolving this woman of any guilt. Now the families of the dead might not think so, but, uh, you know, I think that would be a, a reasonable expectation. So, you know, of course we don't see that. And well, you know, that's so. something that is a, you know, I, I mean, I, I was thinking that too at the end and, but the, the episode just like ignores that, you know, like they don't even yeah. give us like a broil saying, Hey, don't worry about it. You know, We'll, we'll we'll work it out or something like that, you know. But because um, it's, it's not really important, you know. I mean, it's just something we asked, but but it, it, in the end, it, it doesn't really um, it doesn't really matter there. But yeah, like a, a you know quote unquote monster that is you know not I mean frightening and in, in a way and the how she leaves her victims is super gruesome. So you know you know. Again, like the the exterior belies the the interior here with Valerie. Yeah, well, right. But I don't know about you, but I just kept thinking shrimp cocktail the whole time. Every time we'd see one of those uh, oh, dead bodies, <laughs> and, and again, uh, you know what it reminds me of, Peter? Am I going to be able to sleep tonight? <laughs> well, that depends. Yeah. So there there were some yeah, good. So I'm going to guess it's something unbelievably disgusting. Yeah, some good Peter Walter banter in this episode. And as Fred points out in his feedback, Peter is a lot less judgmental in this episode. And, and I, I think that's a wise decision on, on the, you know, on the, on the part of the writers at, at this point. As Olivia is explaining to Broyles what it is that's going on in this case, I love his line. I remember when a suspect being human was a given, not an yeah. option. <laughs> and again, you know, that's like one of, that's got to be in the top 20 lines of this season for sure. Yeah. And you get where he's coming from and, you know. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of what we've talked about. Like, you know, like they, it's, it's, we were actually surprised like last week that uh, people were so, you know, dubious and skeptical of what Olivia was saying when, as we said, like every week they see something crazy like this, you know, and they see something unbelievable and and supernatural. So, 
know, I, I think now they're finally at a point where it's beyond being skeptical of things like this and saying like, oh, a woman is running around with syphilis and, and eating men's spinal cords. All right, cool. Let's yeah, run with right. that, you know? Well, well, right. And, you know, part of, I, I think, the appeal of that storyline is, is that clearly this is a monster that is doing these things. But then, when we, you know, we see it's this attractive young woman in pretty hot looking dress that's picking up her victims in these clubs and yet she turns into this monster and and again i love the fact that they just give us that brief glimpse as her teeth turn you know whatever feral i i don't know and then you you know we don't see her actually bite into any of their spinal columns but we certainly know what the end result is going to look like and then she's back to normal again. And once they figure out, and I can't remember how they figure out that her body temperature is going to rise. Maybe that's something that that Boone and and Walter uh, discover. But but my second favorite line is when Olivia and Peter go to the club. And and again, you know, we've talked about Olivia wearing black like the uh, the other. Cortexafan kids were instructed as adults, and she's looking pretty badass in her leather. And Peter's got that, uh, yeah, I don't know what, I forget, he tells what it's called, but to determine oh. heat signatures and the yeah, girl comes basically up to looks him. like a um, like a, a radar gun. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and he says, well, it tells me if you're hot or not. She goes, well, he goes, oh, you're definitely hot, but I'm looking for somebody with syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Not not a great pickup line. Not a great pickup line. And you know the other thing that that occurred to me at, at at first and then I, you know, realized I was wrong to think this. You know, as Peter's tracking her and he he tells Olivia, "Hey, she's going along the 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 back wall." And then they lose her and she calls Charlie, "Hey, you know, watch the exit." And he's like, "Nobody's come out yet." And Olivia I think says that she sees her and I'm thinking like, well, wait a minute, how do you know what she looks like? But, but she saw the, the videotape, I think yeah. at that point. Right. So she would recognize her, but she that, was but. a lot. She was more, I thought more attractive as a monster than as she was as a wife. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. <clears throat> but I'm she's got, that. she's got her club gear on though too. So well, you know, well that's like, true. No, but I, I thought the same thing. So uh anyway uh, so you know a lot of what we see and and, and I, I i like the fact that they address this question what would you do for someone you love and right. obviously boone gives his life for his wife and he, you know that that when he tries to get walter to extract some spinal fluid because they realize that's the missing link to creating the antidote and Astrid's like, uh, no. And Walter stops for yeah. a moment, prep the table, Astrid, and right. or Agent Farnsworth Probably or whatever. Agent Farnsworth, um, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think Walter senses that he shouldn't be doing this? Because at the end, it's like, you lied to me. And I'm like, dude, you knew he was lying to you. I mean... I, you know, I was careful. I, you know, you can take 25 cc's and Walter says, now it's, it's like the science takes over and, and yes, there's a, there's a monster on the loose, but to be fair, they have her in custody at this point. 
Right. So the general public is safe. Oh, so, when, no, when he takes his spinal fluid out? They, well, they didn't they have already, her yet. Oh, they didn't no, have her yet? No, they, no. Okay. They, that was when Peter and, and Olivia were um, you know, kind of chasing her down. Um, but uh, they, were, they were still trying to... This is their, you know, they, they had tried to make the antidote, but failed, and the rat died, mm-hmm. and then that's when, you know, Boone's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta take it out of me. Um, uh, okay. but, but you're right, you know, we see that the, the Walter, he doesn't really pause, and we, we had spoken before about Astrid being kind of like a, a moral center for this little group here, someone to kind of, you know, put the brakes on Walter a little bit, but... And and he does you know, he doesn't blow her off, but but then again he just continues on with it anyway. Again, the science being more important than you know you know any basically any other concerns like it's only that that curiosity that when they bring the bodies he's like marvelous. You can bring the bodies right this way, you know. Like he's just in in the face of all these this horror, he's like a little kid in a candy shop. Yeah, and you know it's funny. I mean, it's not an exact equivalent, but there was an episode of Outlander recently where, and again, this is a decision that probably happens in real life all the time, where uh, we can save the mother or the unborn child, but we can't save both. And you know, in most cases, at least in fiction, we we generally see the mother. It's like save my child. And, you know, in, in a sense, that's kind of what happens here. He he knows the decision he's making is going to lead to his death. And he's willing to do it for sure. the woman he loves. And, and you know, so we understand that. So can well, we, we understand then- it more when we see the videotape, we realize that she's like really kind of way out of his league. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that, that's he, he's. You know, this, his whole life, he's he's this whole relationship. He's he's known it, and now he's just finally paying up for you know punching above his his weight class. But can we extrapolate it out, you know, further that even if Walter suspects that Boone is lying to him about how much spinal fluid he's extracted from himself, that this is the decision that Boone has made to save his wife rather than you know and that i'm gonna go ahead and and honor his wishes even though he doesn't say it explicitly so which also begs the question how did he take his own spinal fluid you know when we see the procedure and i think we've seen it before in other shows but how do you take your own i uh, or maybe she did it well she had enough ability to control herself that she was able to I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't think it's possible for him to have taken it himself. That's a yeah. pretty messy operation. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last scene that I just wanted to bring up, I mean, why do Broyles and Olivia meet in a restaurant? You know, my uh, my wife was actually watching this episode with me. That's exactly what she said at the end. I mean, we always see them meet in his office you know to discuss this sort of thing so is it something so sensitive that she doesn't you know want the prying eyes of the fbi i mean i don't i don't know i mean it was cool to see philip Broyles 
in civilian gear, but I'm not sure it made any sense, you know. So yeah, I, you know, like you said, I really didn't even think about it. But my wife was like, "Why are they? Why? Why are they talking about this in the restaurant?" That's a good question. I think part of it, what I thought of, is just I think like I don't even know if they actually filmed this in Boston. Do you know? Did they? I don't know. They, they just there's definitely a lot of just like Boston in this show. You know, that well, they think, probably film it in Vancouver, but yeah, true. Um, so you know, I don't. I, well, then, then, you know, yeah, actually, the more I say it, the, the less sense that that whole line of thought uh, makes. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know why. Maybe just, like, one of their friends owned the place or it was a place that they liked to go. Like, maybe they did after filming, this is a place they went to. I don't know. Anything else you want to bring up? Well, there, there's, like, uh, you know, obviously other names than other than William Bell that, that Boone reveals but we don't hear those names so um i was half expecting them to say nina sharp but i wasn't surprised for them to obviously to say william bell because we know that william and walter are are, are deep into this thing yep uh, um when they they go to the the restaurant that the chinese restaurant to get um the uh the, to find the 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 disease the syphilis whatever um, they had, they showed like the big ten pound bags of rice in the the hallway as they're walking through there, and that's that's how this family rolls with rice, Dave. I, I buy that stuff by the ten pound bag. So wow, nice. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's I think that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to Fred's feedback, and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Vane, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe Season 1, Episode 18. I gave this episode an 8 on IMDb, so that would be kind of an A-. minus. I think an A- minus is about an 8, an A is a 9, as you gave last week, and a 10 is A+. Plus. Last week I was doubting between a 7 and an 8 and you gave it an, a straight A, both of you. And I have to admit, after listening to your podcast, I thought, okay, my doubt is gone between the 7 and the 8. It's really a fat 8. So that was okay, but still not a 9 as you gave it. Peter's reality checks last week and the quarrel with Walter was just too much to give it a 9. This week that was much better, I have to say. But I agree with you when we look at the acting of Anna Torv last week. It was really, really very good. Okay, going into this week's episode. It was a physical change, speedy episode again, like always. Just two episodes ago, episode 16, where Charlie got infected by these larves. And as I said in my feedback, his wife even didn't notice it because he developed it in the morning and at the end of the day they were already gone. Uh, we see that here again. The change of Valerie Boone is so quick. Well, the change to this kind of spinal fluid drinking, sucking creature is perhaps within a few days or weeks but her recovery is just instantly. You see her blue eyes diminish in, in minutes. I actually didn't know why Walter had to use a microscope for that. 
I think you can just see that if you are looking into somebody's eyes. This Valerie is, by the way, played by Trias Kelly Dunn. And I thought, I know this woman, where do I know her from? But then I had to look it up on INDB and I noticed that she played a cop in Banshee. Well, Dave, that's perhaps a series for you and Mary because it's a police procedural with quite some action, although a little bit too violent for my taste sometimes. Also, like Dark Desire, quite some nudity and sex scenes in it and perhaps even a little bit more explicit than in Dark Desire. Have you ever seen Banshee or Wayne perhaps? I also watched it with my wife in the beginning, but she had real problems with the violence a little bit in it. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but it's still on my list to watch the last season. Funny was for me that one of the leads was the Treponema pallidum, and I immediately knew what it was. As a geneticist, I'm normally not that much into infectious diseases, but I wrote my, or one of my theses during medical school about Trypodema pallidum, which is the syphilis bacteria. Talking about science, I found the connection between Walter and this Nicholas Boone really on a same scientific level, respect for each other, etc., Although it was not a David Robert Jones episode, the ZFT was in it, so I really hope that we will get at the end of this season something about William Bell, or even see him. What is quite a nitpick here is actually that when this Nicholas Boone died, that nobody tried to resuscitate him, he just accepted, oh he's gone. That was a bit uh, awkward. I think it's a bit silly that in the end of the episode we see the tape of Nicholas Boone and he is going to tell all kinds of secrets, but we don't hear it. Actually, Olivia goes to Broyles and mentions William Bell, but all other names he mentions perhaps we don't get. I think it's a bit underwhelming that we don't hear it, but perhaps it's a resource for the next few episodes. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. P.S. Today is the day before Easter. I wish you a nice Easter, but by the time you are broadcasting this, Easter is long finished. Okay, bye. Well, Fred gave it an 8 out of 10, uh, A minus, and, you know, as we said at the beginning of the episode, I th- thought that was a pretty fair grade, and... Uh, you know, I, I want to give it a B plus, but the William Bell reveal is pretty darn big. Is yeah. that enough to give it an A minus? Well, that these are things you have to reflect and 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 ask in your own heart, Dave. And I think there were enough other. I guess aspects of the episode that I liked. I, I, I like that they delved into Olivia's backstory a little bit more with her sister and how it's affecting her work life and the the fact that i think olivia dunham is somebody that that really takes pride in being able to keep her personal life separate and yet now it's somebody she loves her sister rachel and she can't quite do it i mean she's still doing the job she's still excellent at it but 
it has carried over. So I did like the fact that they they did a, a lot of that in this episode. There were some great lines, as we mentioned. So I think I'm going to go ahead and give it an A minus. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly the A minus. I believe. Okay. Now, one thing Fred mentions, and I don't want to say I thought of this at the time, but he he questions Valerie's quick cure after she gets the antidote injected. And again, this is something that you've said many times. You know, it's probably narratively uh, necessary because we've got a 50-minute episode and, you know, we don't have time to watch her for an hour. So let's, you know. To show her she's cured. All right, let's move on. Yeah, we'll throw in some convulsions there for for a second. Yeah, a little, little bit of dramatic effect. You know, so so go from there. Um, now, he mentions Banshee as a show that my wife and I should check out. And I, Fred, I believe you've mentioned Banshee to me before, and I still haven't checked it out, but you mentioned that it's more sexually explicit than Dark Desire. Yes, please. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned it to my wife before I came up to record with you, Wayne, so... Uh, we got to finish the show we're watching, but Fred, yeah, I think uh, we'll check it out now. It's on HBO Max. I think it originally aired on Showtime from what I read, but HBO Max has it as well. And and then Fred brings up what, what we said throughout the podcast is that not not to make light of the William Bell reveal because it's pretty huge, but that's pretty much the only ZFT tidbit that we get. I mean, well, they're showing yeah, off to other scientists. Well, yeah, duh. Okay, well, you know, we kind of figured that, but. Right. Yeah. But as you said before, we don't get like the, well, why are they doing that? Like what's, what's the end, you know, like, so we, we don't find, well, we assume maybe the end game might be, well, I guess I shouldn't assume it, but the, you know, maybe he did reveal more on the videotape and we'll learn more later but it's right now all we learn about is the william bell yeah i mean is it a recruiting tool are, are they trying to recruit other scientists into the zft fold which I, I guess would make sense although it would have to be a scientist like walter who has thrown caution and consequence to the wind and even though it appears he recognizes that in himself it's still a battle he he's he's not finished with yet so or or just someone who you know there's a a greater you know cft there's there's a, this this greater goal in mind right there's a a war that's going to come between these competing universes right and uh, so, you know, you don't necessarily someone without a conscience, but someone who believes that, you know, the the ultimate goal is to try and win this oncoming war, right? So, you know, then you know maybe it is a recruiting tool to yeah. you know get these get these people on board. So. Maybe. Okay. Uh, anything else about Fred's feedback? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, uh, Fred. Thank you. Good stuff. Um, promise you, I'm going to get the get the banshee. I th- Sounds like I've got my wife on board at this point, but uh, uh, yeah, we will see. So, all right, well, let's head over to the spoiler zone. And as we remind you guys each week, if you haven't seen the entire series, stop listening to the podcast at this point. You got anything this week? Well, I mean, you mentioned during the podcast this idea of how far would you go for someone you love? 
And, yes. you know, we're going to find out how far Walter uh, would go, though he, I don't think he really remembers that actually. Now, well, you know, he, it, he talk, we talk so much about like his Peter, you know, like, and him just rattling off about Peter's childhood and what he was like as a boy. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't think of that. And, and that's, fits in perfectly with this episode uh with this episode how far would you go for someone you love well i'd go to another damn universe and steal a child because my wife is distraught yeah and i'm willing to do that and you just said he probably doesn't remember it and and the only thing that i noticed in this episode is that walter tells boone a little memory loss is kind to the soul Right, And as we've said many times, we know he cut a portion of his brain out, presumably, you know, so that, you know, I think to a certain extent, it's like hiding knowledge that, that, you know, right. if, if you can't, you can't beat it out of me because it's not in me anymore. Well, but, it's also, you can't it, do damage, you know, right, damage right. with it either. Exactly. Yeah. But, but there's also that memory aspect, I, I would think to it, although I'm not... I'm not that well schooled on the different parts of the brain and what functions each serves, but um, I, I certainly looked at that line as you know pretty important to the overall picture. But I think what you just uh, you know mentioned, uh, you know, with the theme of this episode being what would you do for someone you love? Yeah, I think that's perfect. Yeah, good, good call. Thank you. So. All right, um, that's all I got for the spoiler zone. Yeah, that's all. Those are the only two things I had as well. So, okay, cool. So, good one. We've got two episodes left: uh, episodes nineteen and then the season finale, which is a blockbuster episode. And and I didn't look at the the recap for nineteen. You you know, I assume as you you kind of alluded, it leads into twenty. Uh, we will be dealing with be foreigners you know in i guess three weeks now season two of that so looking forward to that but uh that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch thank you for joining us love to hear what you're watching in your genre world tell us what you think about fringe check out the facebook group if you haven't already we'll be back next week to talk about episode 19 of season one of fringe but until then you know dave we didn't for you know people were probably mercifully spared our talk about the weather at the beginning of this but you know like just this weather this time of year is just crazy it's been freezing cold again today and dave you know what i hate worse than the cold what not much <laughs>